0: Riding downtown in New York City I know you wanna be there, I bring DZ you take, with me. Party in the club like that track from Fitty. Cause life is so good, let's go and vibe with me Riding downtown in New York City I know you wanna be there, I bring you with me This is what I'm doing, to so you want to do it with me. This is what I'm doing.
1: Somebody. Welcome back to dare to rise. I'm your host, Nicole. And with me as always is my partner in crime, Miss Tina K. Hello. I love this opening every single time. You Thank sound so you. good. <laughs> I coined it
2: myself.
1: <laughs> How
2: have you been? I'm doing good. I, you know, I say that every time and I know I've commented on that before too. Um, I think, you know, I've been thinking about today a lot. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. Yeah. And since we last... uh recorded or did an interview, I've been thinking about the importance of boundaries mm-hmm. and trust and thinking about living and breathing. Um, you know, I just getting ready for this book launch in July. Um, uh, part of my chapter in there talks about, uh, taking one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Definitely a lot to do with Dare to Rise and each step just doing the best that you can. And I think the last two weeks I've been really contemplating just how important that is um, about how we are um, going along our journey of life and not just surviving, but living and taking each breath and each step and um, a reminder that sometimes we gotta clean our shoes and uh, think about the people that are we're surrounding ourselves by, and look at those people that are part of our close community or the people that we surround ourselves by, and really clean our shoes every once in a while. And and the people that are around us will either provoke our self doubt or fuel our purpose. And I
1: choose to fuel my purpose. So, <laughs> well, wait, well, we talk about that on DTR all the time. Being mindful of your tribe and who you surround yourself with. So, yeah, just yeah. comment on what you just shared. Yeah. So I just know that even in the last couple of days,
2: I've had, um, you know, a new person uh, go take me out on a date. So Uh-oh. that was cool. <laughs> and um, and I just think. Uh, just really being mindful, being around people that fuel our purpose. Absolutely. That just helps us dare to rise every single day. So kudos to all those that are fueling each other's purpose. I know that you fuel mine too, Nicole. So thank you.
1: (laughs) That's a compliment. So thank you. (laughs) So what about you? Tell me what's going on. Oh, just in the thicket of life, like everybody else, um, I I did want to share with our listeners because um, this person was really special in my life. Um, My godmother passed away about a week, week and a half Mm. ago, and um, her funeral or what we're going to call the celebration of life was just so um, beautiful and heartbreaking all at the same point. But one of my God, well, her son, my God cousin, when he was speaking at, um, her funeral, he shared one of the things that she would always say. And, uh, you know, it's so funny, you know, when someone's always around, you kind of don't notice these things. And then when they're gone, these things that you're like, Oh my gosh, I've heard that my entire life. And I never thought about it, but, um, she, my godmother would always say, it's never too late to live a life worth living. Mm -hmm. And so simple, but really profound. And I just wanted to share that with our listeners because something that my godparents really instilled with my, my siblings, but especially with me was the importance of community engagement and being involved with where we live, being a part of solutions and caring about our fellow neighbors and just be taking those active roles. And they were like, oh, my, my godmother was just the epitome of just of service. And mm-hmm. I just really appreciate and value that relationship already, but even more now. And my godparents have just done a lot for the Ogden community. And so um, I just, again, it's just such a, an honor to be able to share space with certain people and the legacy that she loved is inspiring. And I hope to do the same thing. And kind of in reflection for today, you know, our special guests, um, Um, is part of my journey too. So today we have Madison Kilback. She's the coordinator of communities that care Fremont five, which I've shared with our audience before, because that's the coalition that I'm with. And it's Mm -hmm. so amazing. And it's just a great coalition that just supports our local community. So I wanted to share a little bit about my, and I, she is my friend and I'm honored to say that Madison is a prevention specialist who received her bachelor's degree in health promotion at Weber state university. She loves anything out outdoors, hiking, biking, pickleball, camping, et cetera. She's currently the coordinator for the Fremont Five Communities Communities That Care Coalition. She is certified in multiple evidence-based prevention programs and strategies. Madison's desire to help others improve quality of life has not only been influenced by working in the field of prevention, but also in her dedication to family and community. So for a huge community game changer, um, welcome. Thank you, Madison, for coming on Dare to Rise. Welcome, Medicine. Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you on. So, what's been new with you? Anything exciting going on in your world?
0: In my world? Well, um, work. <laughs> I really, <laughs> starting to do more in person things is changing my world, and I'm so happy about it. So, it's always good to be in person and really. Being able to make connections with other people so I love that we're becoming more normalized again
1: oh absolutely because you know by human beings by nature we're um interactive engaging people with other human beings and not being able to have that face-to-face contact has been challenging especially um with the coalition with the things that we've been focusing <laughs> on as a coalition Yes, for sure. (laughs) So Madison, why don't you, if you don't mind, share us what got you into prevention science? What, what piqued your interest
0: about that? Yeah. So, um, like I said, or like Nicole said, I got my degree in health promotions from Weaver State. So I've always been into like health and wellness. And so really that's what I thought I was going into at first, but then I found out there's like a whole nother side to it. So I learned a lot about prevention in school and the importance of keeping our community safe. So, um, and honestly, I just fell in love with it. That's kind of how I started getting involved. It was kind of something I almost fell upon. So
1: I love that. It's so amazing when somebody will not even when anybody finds something that they're passionate about, because it shows and what you do and it just makes things fun. It doesn't feel like a job, so to speak.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I had more time sometimes trying to get everything done in a short period of time. Like, I don't know, you can just kind of get sidetracked and think big, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I love it. And it's been a really good fit for me. So
1: I love that.
2: That's really awesome. So Madison, did you have, um, what was, was there something within, uh, your family makeup or something that happened to you as you're growing up that kind of drove you into this, uh, preventative, uh, direction
0: health. Yeah. So, well, growing up, like I didn't have anything big happen that kind of changed my life or anything, but, um, my family really valued the importance of service. And so I think that just stuck with me. We did like a monthly service group when I was little with a bunch of families in our community. And so every month we would take turns picking a service project to do. So I think really that kind of like planted started, the seed. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It planted the seed for my future. Um, but yeah, so service has always been a really big thing. Um, important to me and honestly with the coalition there's a lot of service involved so
2: yeah I hear all kinds of stuff that you guys are doing from Nicole and it's so exciting just the lunch program you know getting into the schools and supporting the community and and neighborhood it's all very exciting I love that kind of stuff
1: Oh, you're talking about family dinner night. Yes. Family dinner yeah. night. Madison, why don't, if you don't mind Madison, because you, you're my coordinator. So yeah. <laughs> like, let's dive into that. Let's share about family dinner night with our audience.
0: Yeah. So normally family dinner night happens every fall. And um, what we try to aim to promote is just the importance of coming together and eating to, uh, family dinners together. Um, there's some really great statistics. I don't have them right off the top of my head, but, um, just eating family dinner together as a family can decrease, um, your child's potential of like engaging in risk factors such as underage drinking or, um, baking and e-cigarettes. So it just really lays a good foundation. It's an opportunity for you to uh, bond with your family, to set boundaries and just make a connection so that each other, that your family members trust each other. So.
1: Isn't it amazing? The power of communication and dialogue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, start, I really though. I, I love that. I've done family dinner night Um, I'll coin that. I'll take that from CTC for a minute, but that's just something um, you didn't, you don't realize the importance of that. And as your kids get older and, you know, they start, you know, going to school and being exposed to other people and different parenting styles and different friends from different walks of life, it's really important to have that open line of communications established, right? So you're able to have these sometimes uncomfortable conversations, but at least your kids know, Hey, I can, you know, count on mom or dad or whoever is at that dinner table and we can have these, you know, heart to heart conversations with one another.
2: Yes. It's, it's making me laugh a little bit. Cause I think about, <laughs> <laughs> it's making me laugh because, uh, Uh, Raising my children, we were always on the run, always on the go, different activities, getting them here to there. And so eating around the dinner table wasn't a priority. And then um, I was at work one day and uh, one of the girls that I worked with, my son was friends with her son and and she stopped me in the hall the next day. He had gone over there and she's like, your son is so cute. Um, And this is Hunter who does our podcast music. So she's like, your son is so cute. We, he ate dinner with us around the table. And he was like, you guys are so cool that you eat dinner at the table. We don't use our table. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this, those are the conversations though, too, that you're like, well, there are some really important things that sometimes we forget to put importance on. But really, there's so many uh, opportunities for
1: conversation and togetherness and community, even around the table. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Madison, how did you get involved with communities that care?
0: Okay. So, well, um, like I said, I graduated and then I realized that I needed to find a real job.
1: Oh, (laughs) Um, it's kind
0: of important, (laughs) right? To pay the bills. (laughs) So I honestly just started kind of applying all over to different jobs in the health promotion sphere. So I saw a program coordinator for communities that care. And I decided to apply. I'm not exactly knowing because it was kind of new to Utah. Um, But look, I mean, looking online, there's some things that you can find out about communities that care. So I applied and got the job and it was a big learning experience. I'll say that. Um, But I just instantly fell in love with what communities that care promotes and kind of the framework and model that they have um because it really works and um it makes a big difference in whatever community it's being implemented in so I and mean, anyways i just i learned a lot in a quick amount of time
1: <laughs> can you dive into the communities that care model that you that the benefits or what you think is the strong points about what the coalition kind of framework is?
0: Yeah. So, um, communities that care, um, has like five phases that it mainly follows. So, um, each phase is, um, designed to create a coalition that can run a communities that care. Um, another thing that communities that care has is called the social development strategy which is about creating opportunities for our youth and having them succeed. Um, Also the importance of making um, bonds with your children or youth in your community so that they can feel connected and that they can learn and grow in a positive way.
1: I love that. It's a, a, a lot about the youth, obviously as a mom <laughs> yes. and, um, as, as just a fellow neighbor, I think that's what I love so much because like you, Madison to your story, and even with, even with me and I, you know, I, it shouldn't have taken a death of somebody for you to really retrospect, but sometimes those are the moments that kind of more shake you and you self-reflect, but, my that's how my seed was planted right and it's just amazing that we have opportunities or organizations in our community that are planting seeds right because you don't know where that's going to flourish and grow for young people and the opportunities that they're exposed to like you were sharing about service with your family and my godparents are just big people always about you know caring about where you live and being a part of implementing positive change. And I just think that's wonderful to, you know, expose people to um, getting involved, getting out there and caring and making positive changes.
0: For sure. So I will say just so those who are listening know, Communities That Care was developed by um, Dr. David Hawkins and Richard Catalano. So, they um, are with the University of Washington. Um, And so, they did extensive research on this before it was necessarily implemented into communities. So, not only is it important to know it works, but the evidence behind it makes it that much better.
1: Oh, absolutely. There was a lot of um, studying and work and testing going on behind the scenes before they rolled it out into the communities, if I remember right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now, um, communities that care has been proven as a prevention system and has made a difference to real kids in real communities, um, for nearly 30 years. So,
1: Wow. Yeah. And it's new to Utah at Madison. If well, I should say to our and I, I should, I actually just realized. So when we're saying Fremont Five, let's be specific because the communities that care, there's one in Ogden, there's one up in North Ogden Pleasant View. Um, but Fremont Five, where Madison and I realm, I should say, is Marriott Slaterville, Far West, Plain City, West Haven, and my favorite, because I never say it right as hoopa or hooper or however <laughs> you're supposed to say it. <laughs> And so that's just the cone that we, myself and Madison, um, move in, but all of, there's so many just opportunities of just nonprofit organizations or coalitions all over the area that you can get engaged with. So Madison, for it to be super successful, I'm sure
2: that there's a lot of partnerships that you have.
0: Yeah, we do a lot of partnerships and honestly, the community, the community is what runs this. I'm kind of the behind the scenes. (laughs) I
1: (laughs) I think everybody on our coalition would say the same thing. Like we definitely have a role, but Madison truly, um, you're the heart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I just make sure everything is implemented. Like the coalition would like it to, but, um, we do partnerships with Parents Empowered. I'm sure you've heard their commercials on the radio or on the TV. Um, and then we also partnership with Live On, which is a suicide campaign, um, and then also our five cities in the Fremont Cone, which Nicole had just mentioned earlier. So um, we do a lot of partnerships and Try to just bring messaging, um, specific prevention messaging into our community so that um, we can just reach as many people as possible.
2: Excellent. So the community really does get involved. And and so if there's these uh, this opportunity for all of our listeners, uh, uh, I guess Nicole will be giving out some links that people can check <laughs> into um, to get more information and be able to support because I'm sure that, you know, everybody loves to support their local community.
0: And we're always looking for more volunteers. And honestly, like we take any level of commitment. So if you can Come here and they're great, but we're constantly looking for new volunteers. So if you're interested, um, we'll make sure to share our information. How you can get a hold
1: of us, huh? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. So what challenges Madison, which... I'm a part of this, so I know the answer already, but with COVID, how has that impacted the coalition being able to implement and how have you, how have we had to be creative in our way of, you know, getting the messaging and providing education and support to our community?
0: Yeah. So obviously COVID totally kind of put our world upside down for a second, but um, before COVID, we had only done in-person meetings and we had done a lot of in-person events. And so when COVID hit, we all of a sudden had to start doing virtual meetings there for almost a year, year and a half. So we quickly switched to Zoom. um, And that has honestly been a benefit. I think it's been allowed us to have even more volunteers be a part of the coalition because now that things are lightening up with COVID, we can do in-person and Zoom meetings. And so It's nice because if you're on the go, you can still listen in to our meetings if you need to. Um, The other thing is in-person events, which were canceled. And so we had to get really creative. Like, how do we do family dinner night? Because we can't do like a big event like we had in the past. And so this last fall, we decided as a coalition to um, collect spaghetti dinner donations. And so we were able to collect a lot of like spaghetti sauce, noodles, and different things like that. And then we took them to the schools in our community and they were distributed to um, families maybe in need or just families that needed something that week. So um, that's just one way that we got creative with COVID. Um, But there were, anyways, COVID really did make a change. Honestly, I think looking back, it definitely... Um, there were definitely some positive things that came out of it.
1: I love that. Well, and I was a part of it. So I'm sitting here like shaking my head, like, yes, there were a lot of um, challenges, which I realize, as I've been involved with a coalition, I've only known it in a virtual world. Yeah, you <laughs> you
0: and joined it. right way, like right after COVID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, really? I remember
0: seeing
2: all those noodles and jars of pasta in the back of your uh back of your vehicle, <laughs> <laughs> your your SUV.
1: That's, well, again, I love supporting people. And then and again, it really does take a community. It takes a village um at times or all the time. And so I really Loved the opportunity that you know, being a part of CTC has offered my life. And so whenever we were doing, you know, family dinner drive or whatever we we've been working um, at in education, there's a lot of classes that community that cares partners with Weber Human Services as well. I'm sharing that with everybody. And I'm so fortunate. My neighborhood is awesome. All of my neighbors were like, you need donations. I'll leave them on your porch. Do you want to swing by and grab it? So yeah, the car was full, but I just think that just isn't a a testament to the amazing people that we have in our community and like what Madison was saying, people want to get involved. Sometimes they don't know how, but it's great to get the community because the community really is the, the life force and what makes a coalition successful or not.
2: Mm -hmm. So do you have any, um, upcoming events?
0: Um, we're still kind of like leery of, okay, what can we do? What can we do? But, um, we do have like different trainings that, that we provide for the coalition. Um, and so, coalition members get the opportunity. Normally, we would travel somewhere, but because of COVID, it turned into a virtual conference. That's something we have coming up that we're excited for as coalition members. They'll be able to attend that conference and hopefully, we'll be able to do some fun activities, team building, different things like that. Um, also, another oh, I guess another thing is the Live On campaign, um, which is a mainly a suicide prevention campaign. Um, we will be partnering with Weber Human Services and Kent's Market in Plain City, and we will be or hanging up signage just. With different messages on it so that should be up in June so if you're in the area you'll have to keep your eye out
1: yeah I'll have to make a special trip
0: I was about to say
1: (laughs) come venture (laughs) to far west one thing too I wanted to share um you know about communities of care that i really love is truly it really is getting involved with the youth like in a normal world i should say um what CTC is getting involved with our local schools um madison if i, I if you don't mind i'm madison knows more than i do because i'm still a little <laughs> bit, like i wanted to talk about our youth groups that we, you guys yeah. that communities that care supports because that's again getting getting our young people involved educating them making them you know, take some ownership in their community or have a part in that?
0: Yes, yeah, So we are so excited to start our youth work group. We actually just had our first youth work group meeting last month. So um, they are going to be planning, hopefully some fun events this summer and then throughout the year as well. But honestly, if you have any youth that are interested, it's such a great opportunity for them to want build their resume for like college applications and different things like that. Um, but also get involved with their community and make new friends and just have fun. Um, we have some great ideas I won't share, <laughs> share yet, just because they are gonna make the final decision on what we do. Um, but yeah, like if you have any youth that would like to get involved um with our community, uh you can also email us through the information that we'll be sharing at the end. But we're so excited. We've waited for quite a while. COVID kind of hung us up for a while just because we couldn't do in-person. And so now that we can do in-person meetings, we're starting to, we just started our youth work group and we have two amazing youth um, advisors that really are just going to do amazing things with them. So oh, super excited.
1: So, oh, I think that's so exciting. And I do want to share too. So communities that care, if I remember Madison, it has only been in like an our area for two years now or how,
0: where are we at with that? So I, more. so prior to me, they didn't have like a, spec, like a set coalition coordinator. So I've been with um, the Fremont CTC for two years and then prior to that I would say it was around for mm, an additional two years but they were just trying to get all the bylaws and all the paperwork put together which can sometimes feel monotonous and feel like you're going nowhere but now that we have all of those documents in place we really get to do the fun things now so we get to stick to our action plan and just move forward
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is so ex, again, I just think it's so cool to see where you, where communities that care started and where we're at now. And again, all of the, the I think, exciting things we've done and what we continue to do in the future is going to be pretty amazing. I did want to share too with everybody that I thought was pretty interesting that I am super naive and had no idea what in regards to prevention science is the amount of e-cigarette use that we have in our, in our youth, in our community. And you know, people don't have resources or aren't aware of the resources and communities that care has been doing amazing things within our local public school systems with our high schools and junior highs. And especially with our local high school, Fremont High School, I thought it was really neat that they did the e-cigarette detectors.
0: Mm -hmm. We actually were able to purchase them for, um, Walquist and Rocky. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, I know I talked to, I've talked to like the administration at Fremont High School and they said it's really made such a big difference. So, um, and we're waiting for our next like uh, official survey to come out, but we anticipate that our numbers will increase, which is bad, but we also know that COVID did not help.
1: So no, that's what I wanted to ask you. So do you, with, you know, with your background in prevention sciences, do you feel like, um, is it just because kids are bored. Like what is it? That's, you know, the reason why those risk risk factors even exist or why, you know, our youth are kind of falling into that, those type of, I don't know, disgusting habits. I'll just say it. (laughs) I really had no idea. Like I told Madison, I'm like, I'm so naive. I'm like, cause back in my day, Cause I'm older than Madison, (laughs) but back in my day, I don't remember people really like doing the smoking type of thing, or I was just naive and had no idea. And so as a mother and just being somebody active in my community, I had no idea of the the usage of e-cigarettes and just the health factors that are really significant. And I don't think people are aware of that. So again, people don't know what resources and education information is out there. And it's great that our coalition provides that service to the community.
0: Yeah. Um, honestly, like I think kids just are not as naive as we think they are. (laughs) Oh, you mean
1: they're not like me.
0: (laughs) And there's just a lot more information on the web that they can Mm -hmm. get a hold of really quick. They have, and their peers obviously will share things with them. Um, honestly, I feel like with communities that care, One of the biggest goals that we have is to make sure that we have protective factors like um, opportunities for pro-social involvement or um, rewards for pro-social involvement, different things like that. So because if they do have those protective factors, they're less likely to engage in those risk behaviors like e-cigarettes or vaping. Um, So the goal of the coalition is to increase the protection in our community and hopefully decrease those risk factors, because if the risk factors increase, then our community becomes less safe. So Matt
2: said, you are so, you have so much energy around this, um, that seed that was planted as you're, you know, growing up in a family and, and um, really seeing for yourself on, on the impact that you want to see in the community and, and support. But I'm, I'm curious, is there any advice that you would give your younger self knowing what you know now?
0: My, uh, honestly, like, <laughs> I feel like I was like Nicole. I was so naive. <laughs> That's why we get along so well, right? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I had such a great relationship with my parents that um, I had that bond and they had set boundaries for me. And so I knew what their what their expectations were. And I had already made decisions prior to having an opportunity where I had to instantly decide, you know what I'm saying? Versus, um, not deciding prior and having to make that decision when something came at that instance. So uh, looking back, honestly, I want to say I was a pretty easy kid to raise. And so <laughs> do we need to ask your mom? Do we need to tell them? I'm just teasing you. Oh, if you ask any of my siblings, they'd say, oh, Maddie's the favorite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just because I think I was so easy to raise versus some of my other siblings. But um, I think it was that bond that I had with my parents that really made the difference because they are who I went to. I didn't necessarily go to friends for advice, I went to my parents, which I know that's maybe not the norm, but that's kind of what I did. I so. think that's
1: beautiful though. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And I, I can just speak for my own, um, my own mothering experience thus far. That's what I hope for my children too. I, I think that is any parent's aspiration. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you want your kids to go to you, not their
0: friends yeah. Clearly,
1: with everything going on. And you know, what you mentioning the whole social media thing is such an interesting, um, element because that, when you said that, I was like, that really wasn't that prevalent back in back when I was in school and when I was more um, impressionable. And so that does bring a whole unique factor into the challenges that a community or, you know, youth in a community are facing with, you know, social media and all of the, I, I don't want to, you know, hardships if you want to, or just the, the things that people are exposed to that there's no real boundaries or parameters really to what you can be exposed to on those type of platforms. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I mean, there's good and bad for sure on social media, but, um, I think kids just have access to a lot more things than I did in high school and you guys had in high school. Like, it's just a completely different world.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. So Madison, it, you know, why do you, you know, um, with your experience and what you've, you know, all of the service background that you have, why do you think, or what would you say, what is the importance of being involved in your community?
0: Being involved in your community. I don't know. I think it's just important because if you're involved in your community, you have a lot of great mentors. Normally you are able to put yourself in positive situations and, um, stay busy. I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people miss out on is if, I mean, obviously there's an extreme to things, but staying busy, um, doesn't allow you to have a lot of downtime and maybe explore things that you wouldn't have explored if you were busy. So, um, I think that's a big factor into it, but just Honestly, it will open doors um, down the road, and you never know um, what your future holds. So it's always good to make more connections and to just bond with those around you. Um, and every, I hope everybody wants to live in a safe community and raise their children in a safe community where they, where they feel like they don't have to necessarily worry about worldly things as much.
2: Yeah. It's almost like being empowered to make a difference before a difference really needs to happen, you know, yeah. like to be ahead of the game a little bit and be involved. And I think that demonstrates a lot to your, uh, friends, your family to see you caring. It's almost like how you take care of your house or your yard, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it says a little bit more about you or, or what you feel is important and, and just kind of, um, making sure the grass is cut and watered and in your community and that people feel valued and welcomed and and are um, getting the services and support that they need. So I think it's so cool that you guys do this.
0: Yeah, thank you. You said that perfectly. One of the prevention sayings that we often hear is just being ahead of the curve. So what can we do now so that down the road we can already prevent what's going to happen kind of a thing? Like, let's be ahead of the curve.
1: Being proactive, not reactive, right? Yes, yes. No, absolutely. No, um, I really have enjoyed being a part of the coalition and all that it's taught me and just the um, opportunities that I've been able to serve my community because I'm like... I, Tina, you're the same way, but service is a big deal to my heart. And it's part of, um, just a core, core value within me is service and engaging in my community. And, um, Madison, I want to share how I got introduced if you don't care. (laughs) I yeah, love it so much. It. <laughs> like it's pandemic 2020 chaos. Right. And it's just, you just see every, all of this negativity. And like, I've been sharing, you know, in our discussion tonight, I wanted to be a part of solution and change. And again, what my, my godparents, um, really instilled in me. And so I got on, on our local, um, I live in far West. So we're like looking at the, um, the far West city stuff. And I'm looking at all of these, um, what are they, the community um, kind of representatives. And I'm looking and I saw communities that care. And I'm like, oh, that sounds engaging. That seems something impactful. I'm going to call this guy. So I just call this random guy <laughs> um, in our, on, who's in our community. And he's like, oh, then you need to get a hold of Madison. And I'm like, OK, cool. Mind you, prior to this, I'd been trying to reach out to other nonprofits to get engaged and no one would write me back. Remember that, Tina? Yes. I was like, why will no one contact me (laughs) back? And then seriously, it was like, not even an hour later, Madison calls me and the rest is history people. And it's like (laughs) that just to show it's that easy, truly like, you know, when you have people that are really engaged and you want to volunteer, it really is that simple. It really doesn't need to be anything um, too time consuming for you to get engaged and get involved. And it's just been a wonderful opportunity. And I've just grown so much as as a person. And I, I feel that I'm even a better person because I'm a part of communities that care.
0: Well, we love to have you. Oh, you're so (laughs) sweet. We love our community members.
1: (laughs) Now, well, and it's so neat to like meet different people from different parts of um, our cone, so to speak, which are the five cities that feed into it. It's just been so great to um, make those connections with people and just different walks of life. It's just, again, it's just such a great opportunity, a great learning um, uh, experience. And I just, I love being a part of, what I hope is going to be long lasting changes. And again, being involved with my children and my community's um, school system is invaluable. Truly that experience is wonderful that I get to make sure um, that no kids are smoking at school people. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm glad you made you laugh, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. I was,
2: yeah, but we're
1: good. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Thanks. That's that's just my personality. But I do want to ask you, Madison, before we let you go. Um, we always yes. ask our guest. Um, how do you dare to rise within your own life or in your community?
0: I think me personally, I dare to rise by putting myself outside my comfort zone. Honestly, (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I know it's kind of scary to do that kind of getting out of your box, but honestly, that's been like one of the best ways that I have found myself grow and change for the better. Um, I've been able to make so many different relationships for good. And I think, yeah, putting yourself out there is a good thing. So I would say I'm not like in high school and everything, I wasn't a shy person, but I was shy around people I didn't know. And so, um, I found that if I put myself out there that I really grow personally, but also I think it's good to hear other people's stories. Like you learn from each other and you just, you rise and lift by lifting others and lifting yourself. So We
1: love that. We love that. (laughs) No, I love that. Well, Madison, thank you so much for coming on Dare to Rise and sharing about, I think, an amazing um, organization within our community. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Madison.
2: Getting to know Madison, I've heard so much about her through you, I and her. Uh, just <laughs> she's to, just a great person. Oh, she's so sweet, and I can really see how she was influenced and in, and in just she like it just kind of fills her whole soul. You can tell that you know when she's talking about it, just how engaged she is, and and that little sparkle in her eyes uh, to show how much passion she has around this. So I think that's incredible that she. She's delved into this, uh, this avenue and the outcome that you can
1: see the results, immediate results in your community. Who doesn't love immediate results? (laughs) Well, and some of them, you know, we haven't seen just yet, but I'm confident that we will see positive decline, you know, decline eventually. Um, I think it's great. Madison is a younger person, I should say, but I think it's just great that service was always something important to her from a really young age. And, you know, kudos to her parents for instilling that. I just think service and community community, I can't even talk, community engagement are just valuable experiences that really can mold and shape a person. And you really don't know what avenue it will take you. Like for Madison, obviously it led her into um, the career field that she went Mm -hmm. into. You just never know where those seeds, um, what they'll grow into. And I think that's really special. It really builds the person's character and integrity. So
2: those are obviously great skills and traits to have. So I'm thinking for our call to action, I'm thinking of oh, I you, like it. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, definitely want to encourage everybody to get involved in your community, but not to overlook the community that you have in your house either. And um, look for that night this week, or at least one night a week that you can gather around the dinner table and, and share some food with each other in conversation.
1: Absolutely. And really look and see what is available in your area. You really like, again, I had no idea what communities that care even was until I started looking on our, and I, the name escaped me and I couldn't think of it, but it was just our local city website. Right. And this Mm. was a city council member and I couldn't think of what his title was, but (laughs) I just reached out to him on a whim because I wanted to be engaged. I wanted to be involved of where I live and again, I'm just the type of person when we see all of this chaos and, you know, um, turmoil or dissension in the world, let's be, you know, let's take that as initiative to be part of that positive change. Let's be part of, you know, the good in the world, right? Like let's, Um, just don't sit and complain about something, go out there and use your time and and your energies for good. And that I feel will attract more positivity to Mm -hmm. hopefully any situation, but I just, it's, it's been a great journey and I'm privileged to be a part of Mm -hmm. this amazing coalition in my community, making a difference. Yeah. Um, and just to add on to that too, I think
2: even thinking that everything's going great within your community too, and making that phone call to see what you can do to support and kind of opening your eyes too on
1: not yours,
2: but our listeners or. Oh, um,
1: but it totally did though. I had no idea about, um, I, again, I knew a general idea of what prevention science was, but really diving into it, it was just like, oh, wow. I, I really, it. Oh, I only knew like a little bit to mm-hmm. this huge umbrella that it really covers and, and just really, you know, what things are challenging in our local community, you know, suicide, um, suicide prevention is something that we focus on, but just the amount of kids that are being exposed to, you know, underage drinking. Um, e-cigarette use, cigarettes, marijuana, you know, all of that stuff in our youth. And really, again, talking about, you know, educating and planting these positive seeds, right? Like that's what we want to instill in our youth. And we don't always know what people's home's life are like, or what Mm -hmm. challenges they are going through. And if we have a strong community, a support system outside of these situations, those people that are struggling, at least they know they have this positive community behind them and they're resources to help them succeed and get out of a bad situation. Yep. A lifeline. I like it. Oh, I love that too. Mm -hmm. But, and also all of Madison's information and our information for the coalition will be in the description box for the podcast. And just, you know, again, even if it's not a community that cares, just get involved in your community and make a difference. Thank you as always our listeners for tuning in and supporting what we're, you know, doing here on the pod and you know, until next time, just always remember to dare to rise. Boop,
0: boop. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring ZZ you with me change, Party in the club like that track from Fiddy. Because life is so good. Let's go and vibe with me. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring you with me. This is what I'm doing. Tell me that you want to do it with me. This is what I'm doing. Tell me that you'll do it with me, baby. Every day I'm doing, improving myself and what I do. This is what I do.